Thanks for tuning in and welcome to episode 111 of the Run to the Hills podcast. This week, we have a catch up with Trish Patterson and Russell Bentley. We add into the show with a monthly chat from Trish and Russell as they go through their running journeys, hopefully entertaining, inspirational and knowing Russell may be a tad controversial, but hopefully thought provoking. The Run to the Hills podcast is sponsored by Cheat Charge. What an awesome evening snack there, protein bars, Eddie. I... Quite often now, I'm kind of mindful I'm not eating enough protein. So yeah, a little, little protein bar just before I go to bed is good. And I don't know this, actually. There might be some science behind it because I'm not working anymore. So this little injection of protein before bed might be a good time to take on protein. I don't know if there's anything to back that up. But uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. The only problem is George is uh, eyeing me up. He thinks everyone's having protein bars before bed now. <laughs> And I have to tell him, well, George, I've probably done about two hours of exercise today, but uh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's not My quite eldest, Yeah, he always has a cup of milk. He has a cup of milk before he goes to bed. And the other night he went to bed, he, he does the, you know, the kids do so much sport and he was like, my legs hurt so much, mum. He says, you don't know what it's like to be an endurance athlete. Classic. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> do you know who I am? I was like, do, you, do you not listen to the podcast? Uh, and then we watched the YouTube coverage of the Ironman World Championships in Hawaii. And now they film like the whole thing. And so we had it on our little Alexa screen while I was making tea or something. And he came in. I was like, I, I've done that. And he was like, no. I was like, yeah, I've, I've, I was there. I was like, dad stood there. And, I, and then he was like, oh, all right. I see. Yeah, it's a little bit of respect went down for a spoon of Anyway, yeah, a bit of protein before. Often if I can't sleep, I'll come down and have a cup of hot milk. Oh, and that'll send me off into a little restless slumber. <laughs> How's your week been though? Good, bad? Full on. So much to tell you, Gary. So much to tell you. So the hiking is well underway. I'm on hike two, three, four already. Uh, no more doms now. Hooray. I Ooh. mean, no more doms. So I left you last Tuesday. I was pretty broken and um, I was really tired. And we had that sprint race for the Swift on the Tuesday night. It was a disaster, Gary. I oh, didn't no. even I didn't even make the first sprint. I got shat out the back. Within the first. I can't believe it. Within the first five minutes, they were pushing like 11, 12 watts per kilogram. Oh, look, it's, do you see, do you know what that noise is? I worked out what it what it is. Let me pause it because it's my Zwift team. They all start messaging each other now all day and oh. they work me into a mute it. Message you need to snooze it. I'm snoozing it for eight hours. Um, so, uh, yeah, I I started, I, I just felt terrible. I just felt terrible. And anyway, I got spat out the back in the first sprint. I couldn't, uh, there was no way, I mean, uh, I just, and then it was 45K and um, it was, and I just had to sit and push my bike pedals for an hour. Oh, that oh, depressing. <laughs> it was really depressing. And I had to keep working. Anyway, um, I we still became second team because my teammates are really, really good. And I'm not so bad that I wasn't last. And so I was a sixth, fifth or sixth in the team. And so we still came second, but it, I didn't enjoy that one. First one I really haven't enjoyed and I just wanted it to be over. And normally my heart rate's like one. 
168 at the start. It doesn't see normally it settles down a bit, but it was like one four five. I just didn't, I was just and the lady on the radio was like, Eddie, don't worry about the sprints. (laughs) (laughs) I can't I was like, I just had nothing in my legs after whatever I'd done. I can't remember what I'd done, but I was absolutely exhausted and I was useless and I knew it was going to be useless. I was a bit ashamed. And then I was really sad after and had my bowl of rice krispies and uh, the kids had kept coming in and Bryn wasn't here it was all just like I don't know why I'm doing this I had to have my rice krispies and then I was like I had about an hour of being sad and I was like you've got to get over this it's meant to be fun it doesn't mean anything come on so slap stay like stay alive rest of the week yeah the energy came back and I had a lovely I had a long run where I had to run for most of it quite hard work no weight um and i had another lovely hike three hours another lovely hike felt so easy and then yesterday i did my biggest hike so far um it was 21 22k with 5000 feet climbing can i ask I felt- you a question about your hikes i'm curious yeah. it's I'm probably it's my uh must be overdue a bit of coaching advice so i can ask this too okay. but with your spike, because again, I was thinking with Lake 100 that I could be probably walking maybe 20% of that, 25% of that. Mm-hmm. So if I'm doing about 80 miles a week, should I be um, maybe more time over distance, but a quarter of that volume hiking? which is something I never do. Is that is that something that you're applying into your... Definitely. Well, obviously the, the spine is going to be three quarters hiking so much hiking but not like what i'm what i'm hoping is i'm going to be like be able to mix it up so i will be able to continue with running when running but i'm also very aware that because of the terrain there's going to be so much hiking Hmm. the lake district i would say your lakeland hundred is that you would be when the actual race you would probably want to be doing a lot more running than hiking but the hiking would be so good to put into the program for that long day getting good at hiking getting efficient at hiking for the fat burning for the non-impact for the quicker recovery and as you know if you've ever been passed by someone who's really good at hiking uphill uh there is but it's a practice movement and it's different muscles and it's not something that on race day you want to just suddenly start walking as we all learned from me two weeks ago when i did my first hike and i literally couldn't walk the next day um so yes i definitely think and i also think what i've been thinking now that i've done two weeks of hiking and i'm a professional (laughs) hiker um is that it's made like when i go run like this morning i did a run with no weight and just a run i was like this is so easy and also i'm loving the fact that i'm doing something different it's from being an endurance athlete for what 30 years now it feels like to be doing something like i wake up and i'm like really i'm like oh it's a hiking day whereas often i can be waking up and like well what's the running you know it's just it's all up so i didn't run a step yesterday and then today i was quite excited about going running whereas when i'm running every day you can wait well i can wake up in the morning and think Oh, I'm not sure. Yeah, but to mix it up, really enjoying it. So yesterday, lovely. That we are enjoying the most beautiful autumn here in the Alps. Most beautiful. This is my seventh autumn, and the colours are just amazing. And the weather is—it's not hot, it's not cold. It's like sort of like 
yeah. leggings and t-shirt weather, which I would say is my favorite. It's a of. lovely time of year, isn't it? It's a lovely time of year. There's nobody around and I'm trying to plan my long days out when there's no hunters. So we went off with a couple of, I went off with a couple of, I've also set up a WhatsApp group of all my local friends. How many WhatsApp groups are you? Yeah, many, many. <laughs> the spine recruits, I call them. And I'm like, right, who's coming hiking with me today? Who's free? I know you're free. I'll meet you there. Because uh, I think it's, uh, I think it's good to get lots of good morale in these sort of trading sessions. Hmm. It's a time and a place of being on your own and there's also a time when you want to have lots of chat and make it a nice make training a nice experience yeah lovely i mean i went slightly we went we were a long time out so we dropped i dropped the kids at school half past eight we met a quarter to nine i got back to my van at two (laughs) so that was a bit longer i always like to do a loop and so it's hard to do anything you know we we climbed a big climb once you committed on a loop um... you got to finish the loop and uh, the big climb is in this loop. There is some rocky bits, just really short, like little climby up bits where you've really got to step up high. Got to hold on. I've got this big rucksack on the back. And I definitely had two or three moments when I thought, if I don't move, don't keep the core fully engaged over the weight, I'm going to roll oh, wow. 200, Tumbling 200 down the meters to my death. <laughs> and it was the first time, like I've got quite used to climbing up stuff, but not with that weight on. I was like, oh, and like really big step ups that you've got to really use your, and then with the extra weight, I had to really like engage, get weight forward, yeah. breathe, push up. I was like, can I imagine doing this after 200 miles? I'm not sure I'd get up some of these bits, mm. but yeah, I could feel the glutes working. I could feel the strength that I've got there. So I was, I was happy. And this morning, no doms went out for a lovely hour and a bit jog around uh, and felt great. So it feels like I'm getting stronger. It feels like I'm not getting faster, but I am getting stronger. I think that should be my, that's my new (laughs) mantra. Not getting faster. I'm just getting stronger. But the other big news, huge news this Gary, I haven't even told you this. This is live. This is your reaction. So my little run today, Bryn took the dogs as a little treat so I didn't have to have the yapping annoyances. And I just thought, then I can just go off and do a bit of road and go off and I don't have to worry about them. I thought, I'm just going to do my favourite loop. This is, got to the bottom of the piece and was going to climb up over. There's this like luge track we have at the bottom of the piece. So it's like a toboggan where you can sit on a toboggan, a man-made track. Oh, yeah. Weird. Weird. But anyway, it's got a bridge over the top of it uh, that the bikers use so they can get over it. It's really, really steep um, to get over this bridge. And it was really slippy. They've taken the mats off it. And I put my foot on this bridge and I thought, I don't think I can get up and over this bridge. I'm not so worried about getting up. I think down the other side, I might just <laughs> now. So I thought, I'm going to go under the bridge and just jump over the luge tracks. Last time I did this was the hike when I lost my, uh, my AirPods. Okay, yeah. So I went under the bridge, and do you know what was under the bridge? No way. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, my, my goodness. Just sitting there. Ooh. It was like, the you know, when you've been looking for something for so long, and then you just it's see amazing. them. I was like, oh, my God, it can't be true. It can't be true. I, like, looked around, and there's nobody there. I'm like, oh, my God. I picked them up, and I was like, do you think they were really wet? But they'd been under this bridge, and yeah. so they'd been sheltered. I picked them up and they were like brand new. And I was like, are they going to work? Open them up. 
still charged, totally worked. Oh, wow. oh my God. What a um, happy ending. What a happy ending because I've been so sad and I've been like, I can't just, I'm not, I can't just order new ones because I've lost them because I don't think that's good life lessons to the kids because they'll be like, mum, you lost them and you just ordered yourself new Bing, ones. New ones. <laughs> yeah, that's not how you treat us. So I have been really sad. And then they found them. I that is amazing. Oh, I'm so pleased. <laughs> I know, baby Jesus works in amazing ways. So thank you, baby Jesus. And now the AirPods are back, ready for more Swift Race pay. That's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. Isn't they're there? They were there. Shows how many people don't get don't enough people go hiking. Maybe not people aren't as scared of me of the steep bridge of death. And so they only use the bridge of it's death. It's not such a it's it's not an equivalent financial loss, but we lost Rex's collar once. And George, we were we George were there for ages trying to find this collar. And we just give up in the end. And then as soon as I got home, I got a text message. Oh, is your dog called Rex? <laughs> and someone had found it. I was like, God damn it. I was there for ages. Funnily enough, on my big hike last week, I followed some hikers who dropped a hat and some Rizzler, what they called those roll-up cigarette things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I almost didn't pick them Rizzler. up, but I didn't want to litter, litter the mountain. Anyway, they were miles ahead of me, but I picked them up and I carried them all the way up this climb, which annoyed me. I did hand them back to them. So I, they were a bit sweaty and damp, but I, I chased them up this mountain, got to them and I was like, uh, that's your hat. And yeah, here we go. And and then I was teaching the kids about karma and I was saying, I'm hoping that because I, you know, I gave those people back their things that someone might find my airports. There we go. Nice anyway. Day. It was it was another good week, and now it started off a very good week with the AirPods. Last bit from me was that I was so tired on Sunday, so it was about I'm I'm about eighteen hours of twenty hours of pretty long hardcore exercise. One yeah. thing I'm really focusing on, listeners, super fans, is the fuel getting enough energy in. I'm just eating like a machine. Two big meals, like good breakfast, second breakfast, and then two big meals a day, plus protein shakes, plus snacks, and I'm holding it all together being a mum and a working mum as well. So got a fuel engine. Got a fuel. I'm big fueling my engine. But Sunday, so I did my run. I always try on Sunday to just do a run in the morning and nothing else so that I couldn't be with the family. And um we did terrible homework. <laughs> five hours of homework anyway. Then we let the kids watch TV after Sunday lunch, their little treat. And I said to Brynn, I'm just going to go upstairs and just rest my eyes. Just just sort some laundry. He knows. Anyway, I shut the door and this was at one o'clock. I woke up at half past three. I'd had a proper like dream cycle. Uh, I came downstairs, like they were all outside you know, playing. I was like, oh, fuck, you know, I'm just there in sleep. You've been a bit cross sometimes, though. If I, I feel like, I'm, oh my goodness, I could have so, so much stuff I should be doing. And- no, I never feel good. No, I love no. it. <laughs> I, feel, I always fully embrace the afternoon monster. I love it. But they've done, I'm going to try and do that again because that really set me up for. And then Sunday evening, Bryn was like, oh, I'm tired. I'm ready for bed at like nine. I was like, I feel great. Let's <laughs> uh, uh, watch a good movie. Anyway, all going well. No, Swift race again tonight. It's much shorter. It's only 24K. So it's going to be about. Okay. 40 minutes yeah. and it's all up and down and I'll get dropped, but well done, Eddie. Um, hopefully I'll be able to hang on the second group and the legs won't be as sad. And Bryn is here. So I won't have kids coming in going, I can't find my wallet. Where's my so-and-so? And me going, it'll be Bryn coming in, Pestering. It'll be Bryn coming in going, I've burnt your chips. 
Anyway, so yeah, there we go. Spine updates done. What about you? You've got lot, we've got lots to talk about. You've been I've had a busy week. Yeah, cross country on. I think the highlight probably was cross country Druidge Bay. But all in all, yeah, for the week, eighty miles, nine thousand feet of elevation, about sixteen hours of exercise. I messed up. I didn't do my glutes and thighs. Ex, uh, strength. I thought I thought you looked a bit droopy. <laughs> yeah, not as uh, subtle on the glutes, but yeah, you know, I thought I'd do it Sunday after cross country, and just like a massive video, I went out with Rex for a second run or maybe third run, uh, and then I just couldn't have the time for glutes and thighs. So I've ended up doing two cores, and I was going to do my glutes and thighs yesterday. But I haven't done it, so that has gone unfortunately. But for the week, workout wise, yeah, it was a threshold run. I did that, and then I did a weighted hike. I dropped the third. I kind of mentioned I do three quality sessions, so I didn't do one of the quality sessions that went for a weighted hike, which is good. About two hours. Aaron and I just went backwards and forwards on this segment we call the pendulum. I'm glad he joined me because I was going to do it on my own. I just reached out and I was like, oh, yeah, I could uh, fancy a bit of nice little straw. But it's such a good way to get these. It's the first time my elevation has been over 100 foot per mile. I really need to add to that. But so I think two weighted hikes a week because this, I think it's about 300, 400 feet per mile. So that's awesome. Um, Yes. Yeah. So if I could do two of those a week, um, that would be good. So yeah, I enjoyed it. Are you using your poles? When you're doing, no, that. I didn't actually. I'd, I'd, um, I'd well, I would, I would say you that is an excellent way to practice and work that upper body as well. Also, because when you're when you're you're going to move that center of gravity slightly forward with the weight, yeah, uh, and so the poles are just going to slight remind you to push back and keep that core central, and then it's just such a great way to again just practice with the poles. I think I will when I get this was really just for maybe a week or two just acclimatizing myself to doing this again i've never because you've learned from your best mate about <laughs> the uh the general doms yeah <laughs> but um, yeah i really enjoyed it um it was nice you know a lot more sociable when you go for a it's chat so much hike. more sociable and you can eat and you can chat and it's yeah. just a joy i think i might just become a hiker but i think i need to with these ratios i was saying so if my if i'm doing a say a 16 hour week of well probably about probably about a 14 hour week of running then if I can get 20% of that in this hike. But I think it's all quite fluid. It's just fitting it because it's just, this This was two hours. So yeah, to drop. It's a, it's a long time. To... Yeah. So how it, how it all goes. But I felt rotten cross country. I've still got a bit of a snivel, but I woke up on Sunday. I felt dreadful. I had an achy back, everything. I just felt a bit, bit fluey. And I nearly didn't do cross country i was i was there we we had 13 12 or 13 runners so the team wouldn't we would have completed the um as far as everyone's scoring is concerned i was in and out of the loos i just do you do that thing on a race i'll go to the loo and then i'll immediately join the queue again oh it's awful isn't it it's ridiculous (laughs) but i pumped myself up with about 75 grams of carbohydrate and then uh, a bit of adrenaline and it got me through. And I said to Justin, we're literally there in the slow pack in the just standing. And I'm like, I don't want to run, but we've done this before and people might kind of connect with this. When they actually start racing, they don't feel as bad oh, as what they do nothing. on the start line. So I did want to start. I did I thought I need to I kind yeah. of all I owe the team to start. 
And it was good. Uh, you know, my splits were awesome. The first one was like 7.13, which, you know, for some people, that'd be really fast. For some people, that'd be really slow. It's, I'm not putting them out there for anything other than just for the how the race went. But it was really good because it was so busy. And I, normally I'll hustle my way down to the front. But I didn't know, just in all this kind of traffic. But that held me back. And then the next split was 6.53, then 6.52, 6.51, 6.51 again, then 6.44. So I progressively got quicker as as the race went. So I had a blast. I was second scorer. I don't know what the... You're such a sandbagger. You just like must have been when they're all like, I feel terrible. Yeah, me too. I'm so tired. Let's push. Let's just push 12 watts a kilogram. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Everyone yeah. must be like, oh, Gary, shut up. But normally I'm waiting because I'll go off quick. Um, well, relatively speaking. Uh, and then people just kind of drift past me. I, I only pay attention to the guys from Sedgefield, to be honest. But apart from one guy, Ben, I couldn't catch Ben up. Um, but I went past a few Sedgefield Harriers, which, um, yeah, and now you know if i think if we it was always for sedgefield just to stay in the second division for cross country because it's a big ass we're a pretty small club and i think we're seventh in the league um we, we so we finished seventh yesterday yesterday sorry sunday and then eighth on the first fixture but i think if we can get six runners out every fixture we will stay in division two which will be an awesome achievement for sedgefield good to see you know so some listeners of the show at the cross country, which is always nice having a catch up with, having, having a chat with listeners. And I saw Ali Bailey too, uh, Lake 100 Ali Bailey. How and, is he back running? Yeah, wow. He's been up from the lakes. I've seen his driver. He's done some big um, running and he had a really good, I'm not too sure if it was good as far as Ali's concerned, but I wish I could do the same splits as uh, Ali did for cross country. But it would be the only time, I don't think he's done cross country before. So you always start in the slow pack. And then you uh, get promoted to the medium and then fast pack. So, yeah, it's the only time I'll be in the same pack as Ali Bailey. Cross country for me on a Saturday, I always find I wouldn't be fueled properly for an, an afternoon race. It's a weird time, you know, your lunch. Yeah. yeah. 75 grams of carbohydrate five minutes before you're going to race. Um, that gets you through. <laughs> Definitely, definitely got me through. But yeah, awesome. I had a good one. Other people having good ones. Some we've got some. We've got a heavy Lake District uh, race. Gary did the races. This <laughs> it's all the Facebook groups that I'm part of. They just keep pinging up with uh, all these race results. But Lakes in the day, I would absolutely love to do yeah, this. This looks this looks awesome, doesn't it? I think uh, Helen Schofield. She listens to the podcast, and I, I'm a Facebook friends with Helen. And she did Lakes in the day, so she. She went um, south, north to south, sorry. Then she's done the Traverse <laughs> and she did the Lakeland 100 too, but I don't think the Lakeland 100 went so well for her. So she needs to complete um, complete that. But yeah, Lakes in the Day, Jonathan McKenna, V40. I just I love it when I see a V40 cushion. It hours, 40 minutes and 46 seconds. Wow. And Jasmine Paris, actually, we're speaking to Jasmine later on in the week, 10 hours, 19 and 30. And it could just be... Um, like anecdotal evidence, but I do feel like Jasmine is on the start line more these days. We're going to find out what she's going to get from Intel. <laughs> I'm also going to, at the end of our interview, I'm just going to go, give me some spine tips. Well, maybe she's on the spine. Yeah, she'll give me some tips. True. Eddie, where do I start? <laughs> we also over in the Lake District had the Landale Horseshoe, Matthew Elkington from Ambleside, two hours, two minutes, 18 seconds, and Nicola Jackson from Keswick, two hours, 24, 39 minutes. Great running, great running, great running if you're racing. 
Thanks again to all our Patreon members keeping the mics and the light on. It's grown over there, Eddie. Over 20 members now supporting us over on Patreon. Thank you. It's awesome. Yeah, keep your eyes peeled. You know, if we've got any uh, guests coming on that we think would be good for you guys to uh, supply some questions, um, keep your eyes peeled over there. We are delighted to introduce you to little, should we call them micro presenters? I think Russell's already trying to uh, shoulder his way in. Our two new micro presenters. <laughs> presenters Trish Patterson and Russell Bentley. You will recognize them if you're a long-term fan of the show. We have uh, chatted to both of them before, Russell over two episodes and Trish after she ran the, what did we, the three peaks? That were, <laughs> three peaks. Yeah, the national yeah, three, three peaks. peaks. The national three peaks. Uh, both we thought would bring a new little flavor uh, to the podcast, both following diff- very different running journeys, both from different backgrounds, but both um, running coaches, talk speakers uh, in their own right and so every we haven't we're not going to have a set plan because with the run to the hills podcast we like it to be organic and uh, natural uh, but every few weeks they're going to send us a little catch up of what they've been doing how's their running going and some thoughts feelings uh, hopefully some little uh, vignettes of also which might make you think as well uh, which they've already supplied and we loved them they sent them to them to us already so we've got those but we're not going to give them to you this week this week we're just going to introduce to you russell and trish and hopefully they will become part of your run to the hills uh family and you will enjoy following their journey over the next year or so so here's our little introductory chats with russell and trish Hi, Trish. Thanks for joining us today. I think um, last time you joined us might have been all the way back 98. You and James came on. Uh, race across, wasn't race across Scotland, was it? It was a National Three Peaks yeah. Challenge. I want to know, actually, um, before you kind of refresh us what you've been up to in the meantime, how are you feet these days? I lost I lost uh, a good few toenails. I had an infected toe for a while, so the toenails. <laughs> Toenail completely came off uh, off that one. I mean, there's definitely video evidence there, and I I probably sent that to pretty much everyone I know in WhatsApp. So if you're, really? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's, that's a good one. If you do want to see that, feel free to message me, and I'll yeah. <laughs> send that. To you. Uh, <laughs> that, that was a classic one, and it, um, that was a kind of keep under your pillow. The whole toenail came off type thing. Oh so goodness, that's mate. brilliant. But yes, yeah, since then, um, I've pretty much just been recovering and getting back into it really so I've only uh, I started getting back into running in August I've got a really good base month in August of about sort of 230 miles which is really really nice got some good elevation in as well and then the kids started school again in September so uh, obviously we all got colds and tummy <laughs> back and all stuff, you know so all the weight that I gained from uh, <laughs> From August, you know, that came up from three peaks, came crashing off again. <laughs> <laughs> so I, this month, I've only probably done about half the training that I wanted to. But um, overall, I've, I've just started getting back into it again this week, the last week or so. Overall, I generally feel all right. And I feel like I'm on a good kind of step up for the next race, which is the Arc of Attrition in January. Uh, 50 or 100? 100. All in. <laughs> <laughs> all in. Um, yeah. Remind us, have you done the 50 before? Do you know that path? Yes, I did the Archimatrician 100 uh, last year, but um, I didn't have a I didn't have a great race. I had um, 
we all my family got covid like a week before i tested i hadn't come up as positive i think i might have just missed the boat on the kind of i was probably ground zero <laughs> and had kind of you know moved past the, te- the positive testing aspect um but i i knew i knew i was off because from about 20 mile i felt like absolute death that's <laughs> horrific and then I had to you know push on for another 80 mile i remember thinking at 20 miles in like oh my god I feel horrific like I've got another 80 miles of this it's going to be properly emotional oh, oh, the horror it's like the horriblest feeling is feeling yeah. like the start of a really long race where you're like yeah. I've got nowhere to go I can't stop yeah. I, I, <laughs> and do you start thinking then which is I'd just break my leg I'll just break my just a little break <laughs> I just want to work too much <laughs> or shoulder. Just a little, just or a little trip. <laughs> just a little trip. Ants just, just lands end. Uh. <laughs> so you did finish. You did finish with um that time. What yeah. time did you finish in? Um well I, I finished in uh I think it's just over 29 hours. I got my gold buckle, but only because I mean it was miserable. It, the whole thing was absolutely miserable, but I, I managed to get a grip of myself. <laughs> about uh from St Ives and and I and uh, I saw I saw a couple of friends who were also running it who came past me and you know they looked really strong which really fired me up <laughs> oh I thought you were going to say it really you off because they looked really yeah. I don't like saying friends go past me <laughs> on a route yeah. but the, uh, one of them was um uh yeah, well I mean do, do you know Antonio Codino uh Codino he's uh he's a no, he's just the smiliest ultra runner you'll ever meet he's great um, so I saw him and he was uh, full of um, full of beans. He gave me gave me a good talking to. Him. And uh, but then uh, you know I was just like just get this done. <laughs> so yeah, I managed to kind of pull it together to get in under that time. But it was it was just emotional. I mean the the, the, it was, the key thing about it was just the exhaustion. I've never felt that exhausted before, and it was from so early on. I think it probably was COVID. It must yeah, felt really well. Presumably, if all your family had COVID, you didn't. Did you have a crew, or were you by yourself? Or um, so I had. Uh, so um, a couple of good friends. So um, uh, come and crew for me, uh, uh, Andrea and Leah, who were great. They were fantastic. So Andrea's doing the Dragon's Back this year. So you look out for her. She's going to be flying through. Uh, and yeah, they were fantastic. Um, really, really good. They were also took part in the. Um, in the row around Britain. So they were, they unfortunately didn't work out due to weather. They had to be, uh, had to come in and be rescued due to all the storms and stuff. But um, I mean, fantastic bunch of girls and, you know, worked really, really hard. So yeah, they didn't, uh, they didn't cut me any slack. Yeah, I was going to say, they were like, yeah, you know, that path you're on, we are in that sea. So you can yeah. And keep on. Are they coming back for a return crew uh, event or different crew this time? Uh, so different crew this time. Uh, my partner and um, a really good friend of mine, who's uh, who's um, along for the ride as well. So I've got I've got a couple. Uh, yeah, I've got a good a good crew again. Although my partner hates crewing, to be honest. She- <laughs> She's not, she doesn't enjoy it at all. Okay, if we can turn that around, we can maybe make her experience yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's part, 
does. Whose partner does enjoy like being dragged to the opposite end no. of the country? No. Um, not really. I don't ask my wife to do it anymore. No. I'm quite Most pleasant actually on a race. I'm not like uh, you do see some nasty men arguing about the cork being too fizzy and stuff like that um, on the on the trails. But yeah, I'm quite a, I'm quite a happy runner. But I don't think Lisa enjoys enjoys me dragging around to the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and over some gels. Could you refresh me with the crew uh, with the route? I'm it's complete opposite end of the country for me. I, I always get this wrong. I'm a turn up and run kind of person. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it starts in the south. <laughs> uh, <laughs> into the sea. I mean, people are shouting, screaming at me right now. I've already done the route, for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it ends near the Eden Project in the north. Okay. <laughs> right. That's and, and you go through. You go through. I know St Ives is towards the end. I mean, yeah. <laughs> literally, <laughs> party here, even though I've already done. Starts and yeah. cover up. Look at that. There you go. Paul's Tower. Paul's Tower. Yeah. Just turn right, isn't it? Turn right. I, think I just follow the sea, basically. I just keep yeah. the sea on the left. I reckon that's... Sea on the uh, left, classic. Yeah, sea on the left. And so with it, I need to ask more questions about this now because now you've done it before. I, I love a second attempt at a race. I never personally do a second attempt because I don't want to ever revisit normally the site, the scene, the battle scene. <laughs> What is going to, what's going to, are you going to, because I don't feel you had a fair shot at that because we can blame COVID for a lot of that. <laughs> are you going, as your, how's your training going to look different? Think anything that you're going to change? Because I bet lots of people listening to this are going to do that race. So I think the, um, I wasn't happy with my time last year. I thought I could have done a much better time. So um, I'm all in to improve that time this year. And, and But I did learn, what I did learn from last year's race was the fact that the elevation, they market the eleva- elevation as like four and a half thousand meters. But my my watch and other people that I've talked to have done the race as well. I mean, your, your watch kind of comes in at um, sub sort of 6,000 meters of elevation. It's be a GPS thing. I don't, I don't know. But um, one thing I can tell you is the elevation is savage in terms of the, the ascents and descents are a real assault on quads. So... And anyone who's run, you know, kind of even the Jurassic Coast or the Cornish Coast, whatever, will know it's just up, down, up, down, up, down. And they're really steep. So you've got to have really tough quads for it. So I'd say anyone looking to do this race, and certainly for my own training as well, hills are playing a big part in that and trying to get um, increased elevation. Uh, I really struggle with that because I live in the New Forest, which is beautiful but flat. So that means I have to then drive somewhere to get those hills in. So I tend to go to the Jurassic Coast on the weekends and um, midweek uh, just to the closest big hill I can find and, and do that. But if you're going to do the arc, you definitely need to get hills in your training programme. If you're not doing no, I'm hills. Not massive hills. I think, uh, I think I work out like the biggest hill is like 300 feet. Yeah. But it's just endless up. Kenyan Hills is going to be your session of choice of up, down, up, down, yeah. up, down. Yeah, it's a, it's getting those hills in is really, really important and building up that quad strength. So if you're doing, you know, in terms of the strength sessions, mine are very, you know, getting good squats in, lunges with weights, that kind of thing, I would say is, is really important. Any kit bits of change uh, that you might make, trainer choice, anything like that? that uh... um, so I've... I've so I did the I did the arc last year in my Scots my Scots shoes and 
and and they're they, they're Sculpt Ultra Track ones, mm-hmm. uh, and I love those shoes because I've, I've I've probably had them a good couple of years now, and they still look brand new. And I've done loads of races with them. Like they're the most, I've got to say they're, they're the most robust shoes I've yeah. ever. Yeah, yeah. mine have never fallen apart. Are they quite lively? The one Red Rocks, from what I hear. They're, yeah, sure. that's the that's the downside. They <laughs> they last. A <laughs> time but if you are you know if you get on some slippy rock like you know hey, you are useless the most useless trainer on slippy rock and yeah. i ran 100 miles on them on slippy rock and in the end i just sat on my bum i was like <laughs> my bum has better grip than the scott yeah, oh. yeah. but they're so comfy like dry but, trails oh yeah they are yeah. a really robust shoe, so it's really it's a real shame that the grip isn't isn't better because uh, you know they in terms of like just in terms of sustainability as well. I mean, fantastic shoe, hmm. um, but I think I'll, I'll be getting. I'm going to look at the. Oh, well, I've just ordered a pair of the Kimas, the Scarpa Kimas, which apparently are fairly comfy and have a pretty good grip. So I'm going to test those out when they when they arrive. Uh, and that might be my shoe of choice. Potentially. Scarpers are everywhere at the moment. Everywhere yeah. I look, it's, I know. they're doing a great job. Um, yeah. Social media. Ambassadors, aren't they? <laughs> no. Ambassadors are earning their money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> not, not yet, Trish. not yet. You never know. You never know. Give them a try. Give them a try. If they're rubbish, I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what about then? What What does the rest of the year after the arc? Anything? Anything before and um, anything? Yeah. So a race next year is Dragon's Back. Oh, so the arc isn't even the A race. Holy smokes! Oh, no, yeah, so the arc is the arc is the B race. B race. Uh, but the, the whole everything's focused on Dragon's Back this year. So I'm going to be um, doing lots of brekkies and. Did you uh, did you um did you volunteer at the Dragon's Back this yeah, year? Yes, I've got some good intel. I've been I've been I've volunteered for two the last two years now. So I've done the camp. I volunteered at the camp part and at Sport Point. So I know I feel I really know the Dragon's Back now. Um, and and all our events are I mean fantastic as well. It's it's you know they really are swept up in terms of what they do. It's, it is a fantastic event. Um, but it's it's really I think it's really interesting, particularly as an athlete who wants to do it, to see what that environment's like from the other side, and and you can see actually statistically as well, um, the pe- people who have volunteered previously have a much greater chance of of surviving. <laughs> That's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's a good word because as with all of those events, Cape Wrath and Dragon's Back. You just need to survive the first few days and get in it, get yourself in it, and you'll yeah. be okay. Like once you're in, um, my husband says, well, something, a rude expression, something deep. Once you're in that deep, you'll, you'll know it. So I'm sure it's an army expression. Um, <laughs> once you're in that deep, you're in it. You're in it. And that's what yeah. you have to do. Um, but I think people get scared when the first few days, when they're like, no, this isn't, I can't do this. This is too much. Yeah. But, um, and whether, I don't know whether you think that's like a lack of preparation or um, or a mix or the, or the environment or a mixture of everything. You've seen it. You must have seen it like firsthand and often probably been as well. I bet you had sweepstakes like they're not going to finish. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do generally think you can tell, um, and, and obviously, when people, I mean, I, I mean, I, I love it all. So I, I do genuinely want everyone to get through. Like I, I couldn't be more enthusiastic <laughs> that everyone there. 
<laughs> I, I mean, anyone who's been on Dragon's Back the last two years will probably yeah, they'll be like, oh, God, is she... Is she oh, my she's goodness. <laughs> I, I absolutely love it. Um, but I think the key things are people massive. The key thing for Dragon's Back is you, it's it's obvious that some people haven't prepared enough. And, um, you know, Dragon's Back is a hard, hard race. It's a really hard race. And there are some races, you know, the spine is a hard race. Um, but you can you can fast walk, you can hike the spine and make the cutoffs because the cutoffs are, I would say, quite accessible. They're quite, you know, they're quite yeah, easy. people aren't worried about the cutoffs in the spine. Yeah, yeah, so they're not no, their major. You can say what the cutoffs are on the spine. Um, but with the with the dragon's back, you do need to be running. You know, it's not a I say it's not a hiking race. You do need to be um, able to run on the mountains. And, and there's a big difference between, uh, you know, doing 40 miles on road or on trail and doing 40 miles on the mountains. There's a huge, it's a huge different skill set. Do you have to prove that you've done an equivalent event previously? No, you don't. And so there's no entry requirement for the Dragon's Back. Like any Tom, Dick and Harry can sign up to it. <laughs> and and they, I, they, they often do. Oh, you know, it's kind of. I do think there's an element of like midlife crisis to some. To As with ever, any endurance. Yeah. <laughs> I'm torn yeah. with this though because I do have this. You know, we live in a free country, and if you've got the funds, you can do what you want. But then I am puzzled by why would you do it and then not prepare for the event? That, that's my own mindset and what my approach would be. I would, you know, get myself at least ready to complete it, assuming everything went okay and I didn't have a, yeah. an injury or illness. But, um, yeah. I think a lot of it comes back to people um, understanding as well. So a lot of people, I think, sign up to the race but don't really fully comprehend how savage it's going to be. Mm. Um and, you know, again, you might have done a couple of hundred milers, you know, like even you might have done a couple, like, I mean, the people who've done like, um, you know, like Centurion races, great, absolutely great races, really good fun, really well organized, really different. If I mean, you can do 100 miles on the downs, you know, and that's great. You might, you might do really well at that, but there's a massive difference between training for an event like that and training for something I think like Dragon's Back where you need to be, you know, your training needs to be centered on elevation, technical ground, uh, you know, again, strength. You need to be, you need to be strong. It's the mental battle as well. I think a lot of people that they like they finish the day and it's like, Sort yourself out. Get there's nobody here to hold your hand. Like, sort yourself out. You sort your kid out. Trish will give you a little hug if you need yeah. it. But you need to sort your. You know, it's all down to you. And then the lack of like, often it's quite a lonely experience because you get in yeah. at not eight, nine, ten, eleven o'clock at night. You check yeah. and you're like, I've got f- four hours. Like I can't talk to it. You know, I've got to get myself better. And I think that regime scares quite a lot of people that yeah. actually and it's I mean it's truth but like a lot of us get into ultra running because we love the community and the chat and I love a multi-day um that when you finish you have a lovely chat with everyone and you sit around and shoot the and just you know but there's none of that on it you can't do that on these multi-days and I think people think that that's what it's going to be like but it's people that do that and then don't look after themselves and their kit and then that's when oy, oy, oy. Does yeah. everyone go again at the same time the next day, or can you choose your own start time as long as you beat the cutoff? So uh, generally, the so the 
you get you get time based on your time order that you come in. So if you're if you're a front runner, you get to go later. If you're chasing cutoffs, you go start you start early. Basically, you start. Most people start at six o'clock if they're worried about cutoffs or if they're just trying to get through the day. Basically, generally, most people start at six. What will be interesting about um, next year, and also that they've incorporated this year as well, is the half days. So you can do the half day element now. Next year, I think, think about that. Well, I I totally I think from the racer in me and um you know the kind of purist in terms of the you know the mountain and the race, I just think it's it's such an epic race. Um I do I do part of me does think it's almost it takes away from that. It will definitely change um the I think it will change the events. In, in some way um will it change it detrimentally i'm not i'm not too sure i think it will really come out next year when they because they're giving out trophies next year for people who have done the half day um you know and i'm all for it being an inclusive and you know everyone getting something out of it because people do pay a lot of money for it mm-hmm. um, yeah i wonder how much that <laughs> money yeah. driven like yeah. uh, how, much, how much all of that will because obviously it, if you've got the vast majority of people, all that who know they're going to get a trophy for doing the half day, how many of those people will then drop out because mm-hmm. they can still get a trophy mm-hmm. for doing the half day? That's and how does that change the dynamic of the camp? Yeah. You know, yeah. or, and, I, and it will change the dynamic of the camp because what I've always liked about those races is like if you're like in the top 10, you get back, the camp's empty. So you get like the first chips and you yeah. get clean. <laughs> and then slowly your tent numbers dwindle because, yeah. you know, you open, yeah, you open the, oh, they've gone, runner number three. I never saw her, but I heard her. And she's gone like all that yeah. sort that will go. If And then if I can't imagine, I can imagine like on a, thinking of it as a not friendly, not very nice way, be a bit annoyed if people would like able, you know, in those those penultimate days you're absolutely exhausted and people are like chatting and hanging around when you're in the thick of it would you really notice would you really care I'm not sure like I think if you're in a tent with uh people who are doing you know doing a half day you know for example one of the days uh, I think I can't remember what day it is obviously because I pay no attention to where I am (laughs) identified Uh, one of the days there's a pub and you know most people will go to the pub for like uh, you know something and I think if you're racing and your potential you know you're you're, you're coming in and you're knackered and you're you're totally focused on racing maybe you're competing in the top you know in the top view and and that that time is really important to you and and the mindset is really important to you if you're racing if you're in a tent with people who um aren't and have gone you know for example Mm -hmm. to the pub Mm -hmm. that that would for for me. They're on a different journey, though. That... Yeah, yeah. Totally. I wonder if they might move tents, like people. Yeah, yeah. If they might move I mean, tents, because one, you have... one thing I will say about it is, I do not doubt they will learn a huge amount. Have learned a huge amount from last year, and having worked on the event the last two years, um, you know, there's I would say there's nobody I've met in running uh, like Shane who takes on board exactly. things that ways yeah. to improve. Thing. So I, I, I do not doubt because they've already the team have already highlighted a number of areas to to kind of compensate for that for next year, and if those aren't ironed out in time, which inevitably there's always things to iron out, I don't doubt they'll then get on top of those yeah. next year. So 
they are constantly, constantly looking to improve. And, and I don't doubt they will because they're a really great team. They're really, you know, they're really keen to make it the best fit is for all of the athletes they've got. And I think that's really awesome. But it, yeah, there'll definitely be a bit shaking out with it, I think, for sure. We'll have to, um, we'll have to get the stories of somebody that's done the, I wonder what the, the half dragon journey and see what that <laughs> yeah. like. It will be nobody in, nobody in my tent, that's for sure. We're all no, in. It's be like, you keep everyone stay in, we're staying in, we're all in this together. <laughs> um, but we've already got our tent for next year. Oh, I love it. Cool. <laughs> Volunteers together, all in yeah, the We've got tent rules you must finish <laughs> unless you sleep next to me and then you can go on day two yeah. get to know you and then you can go and I can spread out Trish we can't wait to follow your journey so many exciting uh a b I can't believe you called your art the arc of attrition b race can we look at that again because <laughs> that terrifies me good luck with getting back to training and keeping healthy maybe just keep a mask on at home to gape away from oh, the two kids and then one comes home you hear them sniffling and you're like oh here we go again we've just got healthy (laughs) come back or you pick up someone else's kid and they go i was sick last night and you go yep thanks for that (laughs) yeah we can't wait how exciting to follow your journey you haven't mentioned all the races but we'll leave that for you in the future of all the other races as well that you've got planned don't uh don't overdo it in the comeback trail and we'll speak to you soon take care thanks for coming on trish cheers guys (laughs) we are delighted to welcome back Russell, episode, some epic episodes, the only episodes we've ever had to have both toilet and tea break, episode 73 and 74. <laughs> Shot back there, even if you listen to them, listen to them again, they're great, great podcast gold. Um, so we are, we're not going to go deep. Well, we are going to go deep into Russell's history, but we're going to catch up what he's been up to since then. Fresh from a smoking fast 223. We think it's smoking fast, but he's already whining about his thoughts. Uh, uh-huh. Hi, Russell. How are you? Uh, yeah. What have you been up to? Hi, Eddie. I'm good. And thanks for having me back on the show, guys. Big fan still. So <laughs> and I approached thanks. Russell to come back on and he's like, big fan, big long yeah, time listening. Yeah. And I had some of those um, Tia Charge oat uh, thingies that he sent me after being a guest last time. Still, still picking out the Tia Charge. <laughs> Very nice, I have to say. Still dream about them. Tell us, yeah, well, tell us most recently, what are you fresh off? So, last time I spoke to you, we'd done, um, I did the Winter Paddy Buckley. Um, And then I went and I wrecked the um, Dennis Rankin round in Northern Ireland. So I've got family there. So I went and stayed over there. And it was beautiful. It's a beautiful round. And I was really enjoying that. Um, and then there was the Wrexham marathon, um, coming round again, which I had, um, DNS did not start the year before cause I'd put my back out. So I had some unfinished business with it and I turned up to that and three weeks before I'd got COVID, um, and I was laid low for about eight or nine days. It hit me pretty hard. I was having these dizzy spells and then I... Turned up to Wrexham Marathon with like a, a free swing, really. Wasn't really sure how I was going to run. Hadn't run all the races in the build-up um, to give me an indicator of my fitness. And I actually did really well. I ran a 2.22 and I ran it 
pretty much on my own and it's quite windy and there's no support, you know, there were no fans out there or anything. So that changed everything for me at that point. I was like, wow, okay. That was my second fastest ever marathon. I hadn't really changed that specifically for it. I'd been out doing like Dennis Rankin stuff and it wasn't ideal conditions. So I was thinking to myself, well, London is in um, autumn this year and I've got six months. I could really have a good crack. So although I ran 223 at London and it ostensibly, it sounds good. I came 31st, you know, and it's all nice. Yeah. And I was, I was really happy it didn't, it didn't slide down a plug hole in the way that it might have, if I tell you what happened, but uh, it wasn't really the progress from a 222 that I would have liked to have seen after six months of, you know, quite hard work. I don't need to tell you guys, I train, you know, I train pretty hard. So I was hoping to see something better than, you know, I could have just left, left it at Wrexham and not bothered with the hundred mile weeks for three months or whatever. So what actually happened was um, training was going really well. I was ticking off all the boxes, all the metrics, all the measurements. It was all looking really, really good. And uh, the day the day before London Marathon, I picked up a tummy bug. I don't need to go into all the gory details. I know you guys like the gory details, but I ended up losing quite a lot of fluid and calories. Um, and I got on the weighing scales the day of the race and I'd lost four pounds. Okay. And that's four pounds you really don't want to lose. So rather than, oh, you know, it's going to sound arrogant, but when you walk through the masses in a, in a major marathon, if you're someone, you know, like me, who's been training all your life, this thing, and you train twice a day and you run hundred miles a week, you feel a bit like a sheep in wolf's clothing. Like you do get that feeling like all oh, these guys they're not trained for this. Like this is going to take a lot longer and hurt them a lot more than me. And it feels like quite nice and empowering. It's not feeling that I get often in my life, like quite a small skinny guy, <laughs> but to feel suddenly like a giant. Yeah. So I'm normally like lapping all that up, swaggering down the road, being like, Oh, this is my time to shine. I just have my head in my hands. I was like, Oh God, I don't want to be here. I'm just feeling rough. And the first mile, I was like, oh, no, <laughs> it's going to be a long day. Just jelly legs, just no energy. Like, the, there's a phrase, um, get bored before you get tired, you know, with okay. the idea of, you know, taking every mile slowly and just really inside yourself. But I started out tired. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, it's going to be such a long day. And really, I, I had decided that I was going to do it anyway. So I was like, well, look, just get to the next mile. And I was literally just taking it a mile at a time. And fortunately for me, I'd put Nina mile 25. So every time I um, felt like dropping out, which came up a lot in my head, um, I, just, I just couldn't bear to have that conversation with her again. I just walking along in the pavement like, oh, what happened? Oh, I pulled out. And I had to tell you, oh, it just all sounded like rubbish excuses. So I was like, oh, I've just got to keep going until something forces you to stop. So I was actually really proud that I managed to finish under those circumstances because yeah. I was feeling very crampy because, you know, I obviously lost a lot of fluid. And um, and I was also feeling um, uh, the, the tummy bug thing was not 
resolved. So the last 10 miles, there was decisions to be made where <laughs> I was like, you know, I could probably run a minute quicker here if I just opened up. If you just unclenched. I'm so famous in London, like everyone knows me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just didn't want to do that in front of everyone. I'm like, oh, I was just going to make a mess, smell like shit. And and run not a PB anyway, so I had to clench for the last ten miles. So that slowed me down a bit. But I got to see my family and my friends out on the course. It was a beautiful day, and I didn't run a disastrous time. Oh. And you know, and sometimes that's you, you get questioned and you get you get challenged in ways you're not expecting, and that is what is amazing about the marathon. So it just takes one day, one thing to go wrong. Uh, you know, I would have loved them just to move the marathon a week down the line for me and it would have been fine, but that's just not how it goes. So, so there it, there it is. I've tried to sum it up. Yeah. The kids not. seeing you like not seeing you on that pavement walk, dad mm. does not quit. You got the, yeah. you got dealt a crappy, <laughs> a crappy <laughs> hand and they saw you like, uh, they won't really get it now, but they will. <laughs> We're not quitters. Are we, yeah. we don't quit yeah. when it's tough. And when they get like the, when things go wrong, they get moved from the A team to the B team or they don't get, you know, I'm like, well, you know, it doesn't life, life, yeah. life lessons. I will be there though at the school gates going, what are you doing? <laughs> move my kid back in. <laughs> <laughs> but no you're right and um my little girl brought the medal in to show and tell today and that's all the important stuff awesome so, and i do remember that and it was a lovely day out there it's also always an awesome event and we were all in the pub afterwards and yeah i'm still having trouble sleeping i'm still not over the tummy bug but i'm really glad that i turned up and had a shot so that was, um, that's what I've been doing since I last spoke to you guys, really. Before a big event like this, I don't want to talk to people, especially see with, with COVID still lingering around. I'm super um, sensitive to who I talk to, who's who I touch, where I eat and everything like that. So what was your build yeah. up to the marathon? I was trying to be really, really clever and it kind of backfired a little bit. Um, I had a tune-up race for my club, the Road Relays. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're not, and nobody knows about them outside of the UK club running scene but in the inside the club running scene they're quite important and i got picked um and um i got picked 10 years ago when we won that event so and i was the only remaining member who'd been picked this year who'd also been in that 10 year so it all meant a lot to me but nothing to anyone else oh yeah um, get that. well it was it was very nice for me to be 10 years still in the game and still fast enough to get considered. still got it Daddy. yeah it got was it. Great. And, and it's a great sharpener it's three miles as fast as you can. So it really gets your legs ticking under you. But that was down in London. And because the trains are just an absolute nightmare here, um, I just thought, well, I'll stay down in London. So I stayed with my parents. And unfortunately, it was in the family. That bug had been knocking around all week. So oh, although okay. I was like going to the expo with like this massive industrial... I saw the mask, yeah. <laughs> ...on the trains with the hand sanitizer. It's just you're a human and you interact with other humans and sometimes things just don't go your way and that was it was just one of those so you've done everything you think you can i was avoiding the stress of the train travel and you know having to do more journeys back and forth from london so i thought i'd made the best decision and it's just it was yeah it was just that was just a week out yeah yeah but it's okay you know, it wasn't a disaster it could have been a 233 or a 243 or it pulled my calf or I could have ended up on the port loop So it could have been worse. Yeah. Yeah. At least you know, uh, uh, is it a maim? I don't know how you pronounce it. If you did 
relax and uh, lose dignity on the mile you would have been you'd have been famous on the internet for <laughs> all the wrong reasons all the yeah. wrong reasons but, uh, so how, how, how are you feeling now like what are we we're recording this on tuesday so we're only like two days mm. post marathon often the post marathon blues can how on reflection now what are you thinking are you thinking i'm done with the roads it's over or you're thinking I'm hungry for more? Well, yeah. I mean, we drove back to North Wales. It's a six hour drive and I managed to pour my heart out to my poor wife. Oh, your poor wife. She's no, like, nowhere to go. Long suffering and had enough. <laughs> Saying to her, I did all this for you. And she's like, what? <laughs> I don't need this. <laughs> you didn't do this for me, did you? And I'm like, in my head, I did. But can understand how she's questioning that um i got a, i got a great therapy session with her and downloaded all my issues and that helps so much and i have been disappointed before i've messed up loads of times before and i think now as a coach it's really about turning that around quickly when you're an athlete and seeing how well people can do that and what you need you know and there is a grieving process and you move through the the stages quickly rather than let them linger or become a broken record and talking about it with someone is such a helpful thing to do and then you feel like you get closure on it and I'm getting quicker at that it is getting faster at the time you have to invest it you have to buy in I call it imprint the importance you have to make believe that this is something important yeah. But I then when it's over, yeah. you it have didn't go to go like, well. You can remind yourself it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have to fully like with me with the spine. I have. This is the big yeah. like. It, it is the, the end of the world. Basically, yeah. nothing happens after the spine raise. Yeah. Everything I'm doing like now, it's consuming yeah. every session. Thought it has to be. Okay, it has to yeah. in order for your body and your brain you to put to be able to put yourself. Yeah that terrible situation to get up every morning and do it again yeah it just it. has to be bigger than anything yeah. you have to convince yourself and then you're right when you then have to step away and then turn all that around in your head and go honestly nobody cares yeah it's yeah. how quickly you can do that yeah. and that's what gives you longevity in the sport and it and it helps you keep enjoying it and then you can get back on the next thing quicker and enjoy your running again and and then you know you have to just kind of recalculate all those runs that you did where you saw the sunrise and the birds were out and it was beautiful and you had that moment well that was a moment and, and you wouldn't have had it if you didn't mm. get out of bed and train for the marathon so you yeah. can appreciate that for what it is and um i am like in my old age i'm getting better at going through those gears and and those stages yeah of just abject horror disbelief denial like <laughs> anger unfair i did you know hit the steering wheel a few Punishment, times yeah. Pain. yeah and then but it does mean like because i didn't get to go all in you know because i just didn't have the energy in my system I'm not actually as trashed as i usually am so i'm, I'm not walking around as zombie-like and crippled as usual so that's quite nice too i get to chat to you guys like with 
half a brain cell. <laughs> yeah, very <laughs> noticed. <laughs> what does like your recovery look like now? Do you find it hard to step away from that that dedication, or are you quite good at kicking back? Yeah, I've always been good at that, Eddie. Like, I'm naturally very lazy. It does take a lot for me to get on the, on board with training again. And when I have a week off, I can take a week off. You know, there's yeah. so much trash to watch at the moment there's lord of the rings game of thrones <laughs> new star wars Pick off. lots of catching up we, i was just talking about the new star out wars like 20 years ago russell so <laughs> not a recent release <laughs> these are the new ones <sighs> russell i've got to say do you think the new star wars is the greatest star wars since I'm empire strikes it. back i'm really enjoying it yeah it's a great idea because i thought that um well i mean we're running out of time but the um, movie that they made about it with the same guy. And oh, Rogue One, yeah. I loved that movie. I thought it was a great movie. And yeah. so this is a great build-up. I'm going to watch this series and I'm going to go back and watch that movie again. And I'm going to eat cheese and biscuits and have yeah. some wine and it's going to be great. So I've got my whole week lined up. <laughs> busy, busy. busy. <laughs> I've never watched. We started watching a small bit of a Star Wars the other night that just happened to be on TV, and I've never watched any of it. I do not. I was like, what? Nina can't. Nina can't watch it either. So like, what? Yes. I don't know. Maybe I should invest in it. Maybe. Nah. It's 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 silly. Yeah. Take your time. <laughs> But once you're once you're in, then you're properly in there. So yeah, that's where I am. I'm but, more. I am more of like I'm a Bake Off. I'm a I'm a Strictly. I'm very. I know. I'm really easily. But I I turn the TV on to literally zombify myself. I don't. Yeah. Do any, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And and actually, I've got some really good books to read that I've been looking forward to. And you know, I'm just not. When you're in full training, you're just in bed by nine. And yeah, and you can't, nine. you haven't got the, like, when I'm not in full training, I can speak French a lot better. I oh, can do okay. so much stuff much better because the brain is not just constantly <laughs> in this fog of like, yeah. Yeah, oh my god I've got another oh my god yeah. I've got all yeah, I can yeah. think about is my next session yeah and, it's always like, hanging over you it's hanging over me and I'm yeah. grumpy until I've got it done and yeah, yeah it's nice to step away from oh it. my god so actually yeah you're making <laughs> it's off your shoulders of like <laughs> yeah. I don't need to, you don't need well, to go you're right like, in the thick of it now I know I am yeah. and I'm like oh shoot yeah. I've got another 13 weeks when you're <laughs> just starting it and you're like I've only done week one and look at me we were <laughs> laughing because my kids have just watched Back to the Future and I said to Gary I look like Doc from Back to the Future like <laughs> I literally my head I just I cannot I can all I can do is keep three kids alive two dogs alive and do yeah, great that's quite a lot to do <laughs> it's quite a lot very important I stuff you are not a fan of carbon plated shoes so do you think you were the wow. fastest V40 non-super shoe athlete I was the fastest non-super shoe athlete, I'm pretty sure. So I'm going to take that. Yeah, so I basically won the London Marathon. Was it just an orgy of vapor flies on down? It was a lot of uh, it was a lot of high stack shoes. Let's say, yeah. And oh, you know, I've made my piece of it, and I coach athletes that wear them, and the sport has moved in that direction. And I think it's the wrong direction, but I'm not going to lose my love of running over over that. And yeah, I like to think every now and then about aliens looking down on us from the stars and just thinking, what is that idiot moaning about? <laughs> Such a small things, get on with it. And um, but for me, it's it's very much a decision that I'm comfortable with. 
I need to compare me to me. It's so important to me. And I don't know why, but that is the thing that drives me. So I just wouldn't be interested in running a time with the shoes. I need to have a hundred percent of the ownership of whatever that performance is. And if I even have to give 0.5 or 1% away to the shoes, I'm not prepared to do that. That's just me. That's just where I am with it. But um, yeah, I mean, I also think they look cooler as well. <laughs> it's a heavy flex <laughs> on the start line, Russell. I think I came third, vet, 40. And that's something else that I don't pay any attention to. Do you I feel like do you like, like, I, I don't like all the age group stuff, but I do think like a vet, like being, being able to just keep going, you young whippersnappers, I still got it. I, still got I mean, it. it's like, so I have mentioned it. So obviously it is there, but when I'm in the race, I don't think about that stuff at all because no. you give no. in and you're like, yeah, you're, you're like, out. well, it's okay. Cause I'm the old person. Yeah. So you right. could no, you totally. can't think like that at all. So I don't think to myself, oh, well, he's wearing better shoes than me. Or, oh, well, he's younger than me. I can't even consider that because then you're just taking yourself out of the race, you know, and that's the reason you're lining up with other people. Otherwise, you can just go on a time trial on your own. So, yeah, I, uh, yeah, but I was third. I think Kenanissa Bekele, one of the greatest of all time, he won. Yeah. He got the bet record, <laughs> 205, so slightly in front of me. Just, just a bit. It's probably just having a breakfast. Yeah, it's probably his shoes. <laughs> We won't, we won't, we're not going to ask you like what's next because you're going to tell us that in the next few weeks. We want you to carry on processing the marathon. Great. Okay. I will say that I love watching somebody who commits to a training plan and watching you run 17, 18 miles every morning from dawn when you were on holiday was was so inspirational to me because I, uh, for for a fellow parent seeing somebody else who gets up fits it in and then has to get on with the day i did sometimes think i wonder how i don't think his lilo flex was as good as mine in the pool perhaps for the rest of the day uh, <laughs> yeah but uh huge kudos yeah. for oh, putting yourself, yeah massive training block committing to that whilst also setting up your business and uh and then dealing the cars that you dealt with and we look forward to seeing what the next few months hold but rest up this week enjoy thank you very much team all right well it's always a pleasure chatting to you It was great to have a catch up actually i'm really interested you know watch russell at the marathon and then to get the debrief um a bit of insight into that was interesting yeah great to see what trish is trish is up to too and two very different journeys like you mentioned um and you know they come from a quite different angles in the inspiration the anecdotes um so hopefully yeah hopefully really entertaining for our listeners going forward we have some winners of super sapiens competition i really enjoyed this one reading everybody's <laughs> big bonks <laughs> we love the big bonks over here uh do you want to read your winner first and then i'll read mine nicola marie uh got my vote and uh, bear with me i'll try and get through this uh my first marathon february 2020 was meant to be a lovely scenic run up the northumberland course with sections on the beach and sand dunes I've run up there, Nicola, and I was absolutely 
sandblasted. Jewish Bay, I remember one in particular time was just it's it goes down it's it's kind of goes down in marathon club folklore history. You every time you entered the beach for that section, you just got uh, sandblasted by eighty mile an hour winds. Um, and the sand was just really really painful. But yeah, Northumberland coast sections on the beach and sand dunes. However, there was a storm with eighty miles per hour wind headwinds gusts for the last two thirds, meaning I was battered by hail and sand constantly. Yeah, <laughs> feel the pain. It took me a lot longer than I thought, but I still stupidly decided not to take on extra water and snacks at mile 21 aid station as I was, quotations, almost there. Being a trail marathon, it was 28 miles. By mile 25, I was walking cold and having a massive energy slump and I passed a seal sat on a rock. I ended up shouting at the seal after it growled at me coming past. (laughs) I'd taken this uh, as the seal judging my inability to move faster than a snail's pace. After a few minutes of shouting, other people were coming, so I continued my slow walk to the finish where I corrected my fuel mistakes with four Krispy Krams and a McDonald's. 10 out of 10 would do it again. Oh, wow, Krispy Krams and McDonald's. I love that, that even though she had a horrendous experience, she's like, do it again. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And never learn. You never learn. (laughs) Uh, Mine is Richard Boomer. I mean, here we go. I'm going to read it. My reckoning is a picture of Bert, who's his Yorkshire Terrier on the beach. Uh, he supplied a picture who always seems to need a snack to keep his glucose levels up alongside my bonk story might just give me a chance. Well, you were right, Richard. We love the picture of Bert. Twas the 200th mile along Hadrian's wall. Oh, my sweet Lord. On my summer spine journey, it was 3 p.m. and I was completely gone. I was being overtaken at every juncture by what appeared bouncy fellow spiners. I realized I hadn't stopped for proper food breaks since morning. I felt the cutoff time at Bellingham was slipping away like a Roman guard being chased by a fearsome Celt. I hear you. I love that. It was off in my rucksack and a 20-minute break with a cheer bar a prepared pasta bowl and a bottle of cola. As I stepped back on the trail, I started to creak my ailing limbs into action. I met three other spiners and we headed onto the forest paths in a slow trot. At the time, the speed felt like Kipchoge, although it may have been more like a Roman centurion after a night on the mead. A heavy theme going on here. I arrived into Bellingham at 6pm in a raging storm and to the loveliest checkpoint with hot food and tea by the barrel. The moral of my tale is I need to have the eager as a bird with pictures supplied and to always be on the lookout for a snack oh i love the story i loved all the room tell the me story. a bedtime story that was awesome yeah, yeah so well done richard boomer and nicola Mahi. slip into our dms and we shall uh we shall get you uh your super sapiens goodies sent to you and we'd love to know when you do get them how they've gone yeah. any feedback i think people would really like that on the facebook page as well so a bit of homework for you as well get those patches on and let us know any findings. I was being quizzed on Sunday about Super Sapiens. I've had quite a few messages about uh, people uh, asking me about, you know, people asking, is it true what you say on the podcast? Like, and I'm like, yeah, we don't, we yeah. don't, <laughs> on, we don't, uh, we don't lie like, like dripping in product and being paid to this. <laughs> Why do we do it, Wendy? Why consistently, and even people who've been running for a long time still cock up their fueling. fueling fueling still but it's something it's really interesting like with the hiking is like um how much i can eat and how much i need to eat 
Um, and I still like, even yesterday I ran out of food. I was like, you know, the desperation when you're patting the sides of your pack going, I must, I always have something left. Uh, I must have something left, but it's, it's, it's hard to sometimes get right as well. And also the brain is so powerful, isn't it? The brain is so powerful to tell you, you don't need that. You'll be all right. You can run to the end. And it's nearly always in the closing stages. I changed backpacks yesterday and there was no snacks in it. Luckily, I got home fine. Jeez, a close call. As soon as I realised, my brain was like, you're hungry, Carrie." As soon as I realised there was nothing yeah. on me. As soon as I just start feeling a bit grumpy and a bit low, I'm like, skip, stuff your mouth full, Eddie. <laughs> 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 right, coming up. What we got coming up? York, well, York Marathon this weekend, which I've done York Marathon or oh, quite a few times. I've always heard good things about York Marathon. I love it. You know, it's funny. Um, the first time I did it, I thought it was really flat. So I'd say to everybody, oh, yeah, it's super flat in this marathon. And then the second time I did it, after I'd recommended it to loads of people, I was thinking, it's actually not that flat. <laughs> so there's a real kind of midway, I think, between 13 and about 19 miles, I think. Um, there's two big out and backs. Very remote. Um, the end of the out and backs are quite busy. There's very good crowds there, but in that midsection, you do a long exposed climb. And then there is a climb before you start heading back to York, which, oh my goodness, it feels like I'm walking up that hill. Does it? But there's a downhill to get that speed. Oh, yeah. But then, but then the last 10K in New York is such a good run in. It's really, really good. And I had an eye, I don't know if I told you this, but I had an eye on um, the Masters V50 vest. <clears throat> so, yeah, if I'm kind of chasing two goals next year, maybe the V50, Lakeland 100, and then the England Vest. But I looked at the times for the people the previous two years for York Marathon, the V50s, and they're way above my, uh, below my PB. But the times before COVID, this is a real, I'm not too sure if it's a COVID thing or not, but so two years, the last two years have been pretty competitive, but the two years previous um i would have had a chance of but you've got to be in the top eight of your age group to get the england vest okay so there's a chance i could do it if those people turn <laughs> so i'll be keeping an eye on the results this weekend to see what the trend is <laughs> Like your odds. I've got, I back you, Gary. Whatever, I back you. We've also got the, the Centurion Autumn 100 going on down in the south. Great little, uh, talking of out and backs, four out and backs. It's basically the village hall. You're not allowed any uh, crew, but you can have places in the last, um, I think it's the last couple of legs. Um, and so it's basically four spurs of 25 miles with the final one, oh, yeah. the swan song going into Reading uh, and back out again. And a big shout out to Bezzy friend of the show, Debs Martin Kansani, who's towing the line for the Autumn 100 as well. Good luck to anybody doing any races this weekend. Let us know how you get on. There's the Backyard Ultra too. They've got the big um, World Champs. <gasps> Where is that? Oh, wow. I don't know. I just I saw on Paul Wilson's timeline because he is representing England. So best of luck yeah, to all the home nations. What you got? What you got coming up? Oh, my God, Gary. You've got... I think you're being a little bit competitive with me. Suddenly, all these weighted heights are going in. I know. <laughs> like, what the hell? This is my time. This is my time. And you're just constantly peeing on the bonfire. Come on, then. Here we go. So, yeah, we're going to try the. I would, I would like to get two weighted hikes in if oh. possible. Definitely one, but maybe two. It's just fitness, the time, you know, it's like, it turns into like a, what would be an hour run into a two hour hike or so. We'll see. But we my friend. Um, he wants to do Jasmine Dean Park run on Sunday because of the autumnal colours. 
Yeah. <laughs> There's plenty of autumnal colours around here, but um, he wants to go to Jasmine. Oh, okay. Love it. That might be it. So the session was, for me, the sessions would be six times a K, um, a steady run, which would have part of that run was six miles at this aerobic pace, so like marathon effort, I suppose, and then a 30-minute threshold run. So... Definitely with a 30 minute threshold run will end up being a 20 minute park run. Um, I'll swap it for that. I think I fancy the six mile aerobic one yeah, swap. Just like a steady six miles, just slightly faster than. Yeah, yeah. Not I, quite, you I know. Not... I like that. So I put on a bit of music and just, yeah. uh, and it goes quite quickly because once you start and you look at your watch, you're like, oh, two miles done. Mm. Yeah, so I'm, I might do that one and drop the six times one K. Yeah, I would definitely. If I had a choice, I'd like, do the nice steady run listening to the West Life. Well, my thirsty Thursday is not happening. So that is the I'm hardest sorry, session. Yeah. Which, that's blame why. Jasmine. Let's blame Jasmine. So, yeah, if I was doing thirsty Thursday, I would have done the six times K because that would have been good in with company. But um, I'd like to see 10,000 feet on the vert if possible. We will see how that goes. But I've got a little commute. Um, it's It takes me over an hour, which is a bit naughty. I don't like that, but it gets me a thousand feet for about six, seven miles. So that's my... Nice. Idea. Yeah, like that. And that is me. What about yourself? Oh, Swift race tonight. Swift race tonight. But I've got my other parent here. So it's less of a, you know, to get on, as any parent knows, the evenings, especially if your kids are slightly older. Mine don't come home on Tuesday uh, till half past seven. I've got to be warming up by quarter to eight. And it's really stressful. But I don't have to do that. So I've got just, I may be playing it down a bit and then it'll be horrendous and I'll be useless again. But I'm so, I'm over it now. Uh, I've got... Six, four to six. What what do you do if in your plan it says four dash six times 10 minutes? What do you choose? Do you do four, five or six? What's that? that. Times 10 minutes. For me, yeah, four four times 10. I think my biggest sessions that I've done are three times 15 minutes. Yeah, but it would be an hour. An hour's worth of work for me is fine. I can do that, but I'm definitely going to give myself, it won't be tomorrow after the switch. What would be your recovery though between the 10 10 minutes? Uh, It's about three minutes. So it's a big session, but but that's, you know, that is the sort of thing. It's volume as well as, um, you know, as we, as I've alluded earlier, it's not going to be. Six times 10 minutes would actually wreck me. I think that would be a lot. Yeah, I'll go a bit slower. And it'll be uphill. It's uphill too. So it's not, anyway, I'll see how I feel. So it'll be four to six, probably do five. Um, uh, so we've got that to do, but I won't do that till Thursday. Then I've got a four hour long run, which I'm going to do on Friday. It's got a long way, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> got to try and think of routes as well. Cause I'm not, I don't want to be hiking for two of those hours. I do want to be running, which yeah. makes it, I'm a, I'm a bit of a, like it makes it a bit dull around here. Cause you have to kind of keep, where there's people and keep in the valley. Yeah. So I'm going to think of a loop. I think I, I'm going to do one climb, I think just to get up and out the valley. And then I've got a sort of track I can run um, out and back for four hours. I'm going to have to be really mindful of my fuel for that as well, because I'll already have done quite a lot that week. Um, and, I'll, and I'll have got everything done. It's so tricky because the kids 
I was so busy at the weekend. I kind of do all my training in five days. Yeah. And then Saturdays are quite quiet because we spend our time at the side of a football pitch. And then I want to see the kids and be with the kids on Sunday. I don't want to do three hours of training. So I do find... Um, Got to get cramp- a nap in Sunday, Eddie. Oh, Sunday <laughs> Well, that's good. I'm going to make that. i definitely make that a fixture. Uh, yep. Yeah, so lots of so bigs and big days. Hold it all together. Just about... It's that grind and it's quite repetitive. I know my runs, I'm thinking I'm literally going to live down the Castle Eden Dean, but I think, well, that's what I've got to do. It's not all glamour, this podcast. I mean, it's not all unicorns and fairies. Not all unicorns, fairies and five-star reviews. Eh? Oh, Gary. <laughs> I was just wondering, I was like, how are we going to get in there? You uh, go, it's a seamless link. Oh, should you I do it? it? Yeah, you do it. Excellent podcast, five stars, really good presenters, interesting guests. Edwina and Gary work well together. That's lovely of you to say. Also introduce me to Cheer Charge Bars, which are delicious. Tim will be happy. Uh, KJ The Runner via Apple Podcasts. Great Britain. Thanks very much for that. Awesome. We do work well together. Gary does all the work and I do all the smiling. And there we <laughs> right we've done what a jam-packed show gosh i wonder how many hours i never have time to listen to the show <laughs> but hopefully we've kept you company on your long run on your commutes whatever you're doing throughout the week thank you so much for listening that was episode 111 all the ones thank you to cheer charge for continuing to support the show sending bars to guests competition winners and keeping us fueled i'm just about to send him a whatsapp now saying mom and dad are coming over feel free to load up the car uh <laughs> thanks to your charge for doing a general all-round super support to everyone out on the trails thank you to pat our patrons for supporting the show thank you to all to listening feel free to pop over and give it a little five star review you never know you might get it read out on the podcast i'm eddie sutton and i'm gary thwaites and let's run to the hills mm-hmm.